Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening this week. This week, I am diving into everything sexual, biohacking, sexual health, and everything along those lines. I have Susan Bratton on the show with me. Susan's been on before. She was actually on in 2019, and I kind of briefly talk about this on the show, but she's just such a wealth of knowledge. She's been working in this space for 20 years and really has a lot of experience in helping women, especially women, really come into their own regarding their sexuality and expression of themselves. So we talk a lot about good sex versus mediocre sex. We talk about sex during pregnancy and preconception sex and conception sex, like when couples are trying to get pregnant and how you can kind of how you should really look at that and how you can get through that tough period when you're supposed to be having sex all the time to basically reproduce. And that's the only reason why. And so we really go into that. We also go into postpartum and afterbirth and what that looks like for sex. Like, is six, six weeks enough time? Is it too short? Is it too long? What type of sex should we have be having after birth and that type of thing. So I think it's really interesting to get her perspective on such a important time in women's lives. And we also talk about ecstatic home births, which is something I'm not super well versed in as of right now, but essentially they are births where you practice and work up to getting to the point where during labor and during birth, you actually orgasm while giving birth to your baby. So we dive into that. She talks about her friend who went through that situation and and tried to have an ecstatic home birth. And it's very, very interesting. So I loved hearing about that. And it's also really cool just to hear about how different women are doing different things and really listening to their bodies. And that's kind of the take-home message of this is We need to slow down with our partners, whoever your partner is, or maybe even by yourself, and really just be gentle and ease ourselves into orgasms and sexuality or sexual health in general. I think sometimes intimacy can be rushed, especially in our society today, and it's nice to hear about different ways to kind of combat that. So it's less of a chore, less of a thing on the to-do list, and more of something that is worked on throughout the day and and every single day. And sometimes it includes, you know, like penetrative sex and sometimes it doesn't. And just kind of going through that. So I think it was really interesting. And I learned so much from Susan. She's just fantastic. All of the resources from the show, which there's quite a lot, are linked in the show notes. So we talk about her sex life bucket list. So that's in the show notes. We talk about the different type of devices that you can use to really support your vagina in general, whether you're dealing with like dryness or it's hard for you to orgasm, things like that. We talk about FemiWave, some of these biohacking devices. Those will all be linked in the show notes and on my website as well. And a before we dive in, I want to quickly shout out to the sponsor of this week, BioOptimizers. Thank you so much for sponsoring sponsoring this show. I am stocking up on all of your products as I head off to Costa Rica soon. I 
I personally use the magnesium and the sleep supplement right now. And I am definitely bringing digestive enzymes with me from bioptimizers. So as everybody knows, when you travel, it's much harder to stay healthier. And these digestive enzymes really help because they help break down food. It just eases the burden that food can have on our digestive system. So it's got enzymes in it for dairy, for gluten, for all different types of proteins, carbohydrates, things like that. So it really just supports the digestive system in general, and it really helps me. So if I'm on the plane and I'm hungry and my only option is like some sort of prepackaged wrap and I'm like in a pickle, so I eat this wrap, I will take it with digestive enzymes because, you know, obviously it's processed food and there's sugar in there and there's processed carbohydrates in there and there's wheat and gluten and dairy and all the things I typically don't eat. So I'm really just all about protecting digestion when needed. And so that's why I love using it. It's like a really, really good backup plan. And I do this for everything. Like I take it to events. Like if I go to weddings, I take it when I travel. Absolutely. When I travel, I have a bottle in my car. If I go to restaurants, guys, I'm not kidding. I literally have these digestive enzymes everywhere. I give them to everybody who asks me, my family, every member in my family has a bottle. So yes, I seriously, seriously do recommend them. So enjoy this episode. Stay tuned for another episode next week. I'm off to Costa Rica next week, which is just a little crazy to say out loud, but I will, you can follow my stories on Instagram. I will be on Instagram the entire time and you can follow my travel journey. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, my Instagram is at biohackingbrittany. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, everywhere, like just everywhere, but mostly TikTok or mostly Instagram, I would say is like my number one platform where I talk to my audience directly through DMs and comments as well. So check that out if you haven't and stay tuned for another episode coming next week. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening this week. This is a place where I talk about health and wellness and biohacking And sometimes that includes sexual health and sexual wellness. And my guest today, I actually had on the show back in 2019, back when I was first starting out. And to be honest, I didn't even really know much about sexual biohacking back then or sexual wellness in general. Like even putting those two words together, I kind of just didn't really understand. But we have Susan Bratton on the show. Susan, welcome to the show. Brittany, it's great to be back. I can't believe it was 2019. My God, where does the time go? And you know what? It's so funny. I I started out really talking about sexual biohacking when no one knew what that was. And now I have a new distinction for you. So I think about biohacking as being kind of like when you're optimizing and when you're optimizing, when you're biohacking really got its start, I think really with Dave. Asprey in the notion of taking where you were, but, you know, expanding your lifespan and then expanding your health span. And now I like to talk to people about expanding their sex span so that they have ageless sexuality because having intimacy, being close with someone and having great sex makes you live longer. And I mean, I can tell you all the neurotransmitters and the hormones and the, it makes you look 10 years younger than all your cohorts, which is enough for me. 
And <laughs> all those things are great about having sex. It reboots your nervous system. It calms you down. It grounds you. It generates oxytocin. It does all this stuff. All good, right? But what I also realized is that there's an issue with aging where by the time you're 40 or 50, you are losing tissue volume. For men, they're losing erectile function. They're not as firm as they used to be. They may not be getting as, you know, they may, may be struggling to stay hard long enough. For women, we're getting vaginal laxity, incontinence, loss of lubrication. And both, both the male and female bodies start to have more difficulty achieving climax. And not only the time it takes to get there, but the intensity of the experience starts to wane. And so I like to now have this structure where I say, okay, first there's sexual regeneration, rejuvenation, getting you back to where you were. And then there's the notion of going even further, which is what I really think about with biohacking. It's like your genitals work better than anybody 20 years younger than you do. And that's how I've, that's where I've taken myself. That's what's going on with my body right now. It's better than it was when I was in my 30s and I'm in my 60s. So those are some new distinctions I thought you'd dig. Wow. I love that. I've never heard somebody talk about sex ban before. I'm an original I baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such a good idea. I think it really changes how you think about sex rather than a chore or just something you have to do. It's like, no, this is something that's actually going to help you live healthier for longer. So I'm curious, like when you talk to women, you know, of all ages, what do you think the common like misconceptions are that women have about sex and intimacy in general? Yeah. Well, there's, there's one of the things that I like to explain, which I call the difference between matriarchal and patriarchal sex. And generally, we've been having patriarchal sex. So much of the way, m listen, I like gender, rainbow sparkle, gender spe spectrum self-expression. I support everyone's self-expression around their sexuality and their gender. But the generally, most people are in heterosexual, serially monogamous relationships. So when I'm talking about sex, I'm talking to the generally large bubble of people in the middle of the spectrum, not the people who are asexual or don't like sex or the people who are like, I got to have it three times a day type of people. I'm really talking about your average bears. <laughs> and when I, so I, I just want to kind of put that out there that if you're, if you're off the edges of the general bubble all good, I've got you. But generally what happens is that what women have been doing is having sex. We've been having sex the way men want to have sex. And we've been having sex that's influenced by pornography. Younger and younger guys now are like, hey, you know, like, look, I want to do anal on the first date, kind of stuff like that. You know, it's a little too much for us. And men have a lot of sexual competitive advantages, for example. And these color the kind of sex we end up having with our male-bodied partner. And one of them is that they have a bath of testosterone every morning. And if they're healthy, they wake up with morning wood. So they wake up with an erection. They've had multiple nighttime erections if they're healthy. They wake up with an erection. And men are biologically wired to masturbate every day. So 
They're playing with their penises every day, thinking sexy thoughts, having orgasms every day because they've got to keep that sperm topped off because when we're ready, they got to replace themselves before they become in their planned obsolescence and die off. And so they also have another benefit, which is not just that they've got all this testosterone and they play with themselves every day and they're horny every day, but that they have something called fast-acting hemodynamics, which means that the erectile tissue in their penis, like if you imagine a banana and the fruit inside the banana is erectile tissue, I mean, basically the penis is one giant balloon and half of it sticks out and half of it goes inside their body. So double what you see and that's how much erectile tissue a guy has. And that gets, it's a three straight chambers that get, the blood just can boom, flow into them and boom, they've got an erection when they're healthy. And for women, we have the same banana's worth of erectile tissue. It's just a donut shape. It's circular and it's around our vagina and it comes to a point at the top to the clitoral shaft and tip. But we have the same amount of erectile tissue, but it's in nooks and crannies. So it takes us, our arousal ladder is a slow walk, not a sprint. Our male-bodied partners are already ready to go, and we have this kind of religiously repressed idea that set, that came from sex is only for procreation, so intercourse is the only kind of sex. So intercourse becomes the, the jewel and the crown of sexual possibility, and everyone's just so focused to get to intercourse that women never get the warm-up they need to have fully satisfying intimacy of all kinds. Everybody looks at sex like there's foreplay and then there's sex. Sex means intercourse. And so we get miserable oral. We never get yoni massages. We don't get enough breast play. We don't get erotic kissing. We don't get full body touch. We certainly do not get enough petting and foot rubs. We don't get enough verbal adoration and encouragement. And these are the things that are the rungs on the lower and the bottom part of our arousal ladder. So we're going zero to 60 with our male-bodied partners and wondering what's wrong with us because leave it to women they won't they take the we take the blame for everything we're like it must be me i'm just the woman who can't have an orgasm from intercourse i guess some women are lucky they they're born knowing how but i just can't and then their partner's like well i guess she can't but we're still gonna have intercourse so you can have sex with me for a couple of decades never have an orgasm and i'll have orgasms every time and we're gonna think that's good sex or that's okay. I just like to be close to him. Brittany, I call bullshit on the whole process. I'm like, let's get mama what she needs. Let's make women understand that everybody just needs to slow their roll so mama can catch up and get fully and completely turned on. Because I'll tell you another thing. This is like a this is like my personal dirty little secrety thought which is if we really gave women what they needed to get fully aroused and turned on they're going to outsex us and come so much that they're not going to be happy with me they're going to have to have a couple of lovers because so I can't let her get to her sexual potential because then 
she won't need me anymore. So I got to keep her oppressed. I know this all sounds, you know, like really, I'm being a bit dramatic, but I'm being dramatic on purpose because for a lot of women, they just think they can't. That it's just not, I mean, I guess it's good enough. I'll just use my vibrator afterward or whatever. And if I'm like, girl, no, you deserve so much more. You have so much more capacity. There's 20 kinds of orgasms you can have. And by the way, they are all learned skills. So you can do it and have it all. And I want you to. And by the way, your male-bodied partner can have 20 kinds of orgasms too. So why don't you guys just start learning together instead of him, because he's testosterone dominant, thinking that he already has it all figured out. That makes guys, testosterone makes them horny and overly confident. They can't help themselves. It's not their fault. Honestly, I'm not blaming men. I'm just explaining what I think has happened in our culture with our sexuality between the way the male and female bodies work, the way religiosity has spread, the way porn has spread, the way the movies depict sex, that all this stuff has conspired against the feminine sexual awakening. And I I think that if we were all awakened and fully sexually self-expressed and having the great sex like I'm having, and that's what I like to do. That's what I spend my day doing is teaching people, teaching people through my books and programs what their sexual potential could really be like so that they're like, oh man, yeah, I want to have that. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think I agree with so much of what you said. I think it's so easy to rush it and it just kind of seemed like this thing that you have to do and sex is over when the guy finishes type of idea, which is kind of like, I think how we're taught it when we're very young, when we first start having sex, like that's kind of the idea behind it. And you're right. It's very much for men, to be honest. Like it it really is. There's no way when I was younger, I was having good sex at all. Like it was so quick. It was for men. It was like kind of in and out. You know what I mean? There was no foot rubs. (laughs) Exactly. I would that's remember. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Exactly. We need our foot rubs, girl. Exactly. I mean, they, I read somewhere, I don't even know if this is true, but it makes sense to me. And that is that the in the brain, that the sensory locations of the feet are very, very close to the clitoral sensations. And, and, and that's why we need it. But I honestly think it's just that it relaxes us so much. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've heard that same thing. I want to ask you about couples who are trying to conceive. So- I have a bunch of listeners. I mean, most of my listeners are women. They're in their 20s to 40s type of thing. And a lot of them are kind of on this like preconception journey. Maybe they're trying right now or they will be trying soon. But all of my friends who do have babies have said, when you're trying to have a baby, you know, you're recommended to have sex twice a day during ovulation every month. And it gets very it's like a chore. You don't want to do it. There's so much pressure for the guy to finish. And so like, what are your recommendations around that when people are having a lot of sex in a short amount of time, but it's solely to like procreate? Yeah. It's a part of your sex life. That's pure misery. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Glad glad you're honest. I know you wanted me to be like, oh, everything's going to be okay, little girl. And it will. But I mean, I've had one of my girlfriends, she doesn't have sex with her husband and hasn't since they conceived their child because it was so miserable for them to actually conceive. 
that they just, it drove a wedge in their relationship where they never came back together intimately. They're still married. She's had some affairs, but they don't sleep together. And she's like, it just ruined it for us. It turned me off so much. I never wanted to have sex with them again. I'm like, woo, that's an edge case. But you know, dude, it happens. The other, and I just went through this with one of my very dear friends. So I've been, my girlfriend just had her baby. She had it at 45 weeks. That's late. She wanted to have an ecstatic home birth and I was her ecstatic birth partner. She's 45 and her was her husband's sperm and an egg donor's egg and she carried it to gestation. She's a sexual pleasure coach. And so she said, I'd really like to have an ecstatic home birth. Would you help me figure out what that could be like? And I said, yeah, let's figure it out together. And so for about the last five to six months of her pregnancy, I was I basically gave her yoni massages every couple of times a week. When Whenever I was in town, we would get together. She would come here. I would go to her house and I would give her yoni massages. And for your listeners who don't know what a yoni is, it's spelled Y-O-N-I. And it really, it's just another word for vulva, <laughs> vagina, vulva, genitals, women's genitals. But it's the tantric lovemaking word for our genitals. And it just sounds prettier than vulva. It's like, my little yoni. So <laughs> it's got sparkles shooting out of it. So, and the commensurate word for the man's penis is lingam in that vernacular. So when I say yoni, I'm really talking about a vulva massage. And it was the most incredible experience to go through her pregnancy with her and to give her regular yoni massages and to watch her belly grow and to watch the ripening of her body. And we got down to 45 weeks and she was not dilating and she was trying to go into labor. And we were trying, I was stroking her nipples and giving her orgasms and trying to get her to go into labor. And it was just a beautiful experience. And then she started in labor and I was trying to give her pleasure while she was going through her contractions. And it was a pretty crazy experience for both of us. But oh my God, we became so close together. I mean, we have a bond and it was so fun when I would start to give her orgasms, her baby would just like start doing backflips inside her. I mean, that little girl was just really enjoying the sensations of everything. And it was such an honor for me to be able to feel her whole vulva just ripen and become so lush and so beautiful and engorged and when we were getting close and she was, you know, the last month when she was after 40 weeks and we were trying to like stroke her cervix and, you know, really activate her yoni and get things going and wowza. I mean, ultimately she got to 45 weeks and we were taking her into the hospital every couple of days. They will measure how much amniotic fluid you have. They'll do an amniotic fluid volume measurement. And then they'll do a fetal heartbeat monitor for, uh, I think it's like, took about like 20 minutes, I think, to measure the heartbeat. And everything was fine. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden it was like, mm, things are slowing down. You're not dilating. It's 45 weeks. Let's just do a C-section and get her out of here. And it was a, v the picture of her 
in the hospital crying because she wanted that home birth so badly and to have to succumb to that C-section. And she knew it was the right thing. She didn't want to do it. And she did it. And then she was in the hospital for a day and she's like, it's super nice here. We're going to, our healthcare plays for four days and we're going to stay all four days. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So it was really incredible. But one of the things she told me was, I literally have never had a man. My partners have been men. I've never had any, I've never had a lover, any partner who's ever touched anything but the tip of my clitoris and stuck his fingers or penis inside me. And to have months and months and months of this incredible experience. And it it was an interesting experience for me because for both of us in that we're girlfriends and we've been friends for a couple of decades, but we're not lovers. But I was giving her orgasms. And when when I gave her orgasms, I was experiencing the orgasms in my body. Like we were we became so limbically connected that I was coming when she was coming just from me stroking her yoni. And it was just, wow, such a beautiful journey together. But she and her husband had a lot of struggles around conception and then around her wanting his semen to stimulate her contractions. And she needed him to have intercourse with her to try to get this baby moving. And he was getting like pissed about it, you know, like it's not that easy to just get this out of me kind of thing. And, and so it's just, there's a lot of dynamics that come into play with all the fertility stuff. So the only thing that I can say is it is, I think it's super important to have the guy do a lot of the work to get himself almost to orgasm before he goes inside you. If you've got to have a lot of sex, get one of those handy strokers, get him a stroking sleeve, get him a couple of different sex toys that help men achieve climax. And you're going to be milked afterward. You're going to do the breastfeeding, right? These are all our body's beautiful, essential fluids that contribute to the birth and creation and maturation of our child. So just like she's going to have a breast pump, maybe he needs to have a semen pump so that it's not just he's got to pump away at her, trying to ejaculate to get her pregnant, like make it more functional. Just be reality-based in your approach to it. All right, we got to milk you two times a day. How are we going to do it? Which one of these toys is going to get you there first? You know, like it's not your vagina's responsibility to do all the heavy lifting. That's what I would say. And I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know, like of all the stuff I just said to you, what are your thoughts? I've just said so many like things that go against everything we're told to do as good girls. Because you know me, Britt, I'm a bad girl. <laughs> yeah. I, you know that. Yeah, I th- I think it's I think it's really interesting the idea of a aesthetic home birth. I don't have, you know, obviously I've never done it myself and I don't know much about it. So just hearing about it and hearing about the idea of like working with somebody to orgasm while you are pregnant and then trying to orgasm while you're giving birth during labor, like that is 
so opposite of what society throws in our face every single day about pregnancy and birth in general. And I actually really appreciate it because I think that women can be sexual and pregnant and mothers at the same time. And it's, I'm kind of tired. And I think it's not as bad as it used to be, but we kind of used to be at this point where women were kind of shamed for being more sexual, especially with babies or being pregnant. So I, I really do appreciate that. For people who, or I guess women who are pregnant right now listening to this, what do you recommend if maybe they do want to orgasm, but they don't have someone like you in their lives? And maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's tough with their partner because maybe their partner doesn't want to have sex with them while they're pregnant because they don't want to, you know, hurt the baby is what people say. Like it's not going to hurt the baby. Yeah. What are your thoughts around, I guess, like sex during pregnancy? Every woman is different. For me personally, I, in my second trimester, I had some of the best orgasms of my life. You're very engorged and it's really nice. And then if you get a little bit bigger, it starts to maybe get uncomfortable. I had a breech birth, so I had to have a cesarean and she was in upside down and had the cord wrapped around her neck, just like I did, interestingly enough, with my mother. And so I felt very full and I had a lot of like, my stomach was always full and I had a lot of acid reflux and things from the head being up and not flipping down. But I thought the sex was great with my husband during our pregnancy. And for my girlfriend who just got through it, I mean, she really enjoyed all of the orgasmic pleasure. And I think you should have as much sex as you possibly can all the time, that there's never any reason to deny yourself all of the benefits of good sex, the neurotransmitters, the hormones, the, you know, the great oxytocin, the, the nervous system reboot, the relaxation, the connection. I mean, have as much as you can. Stress is a common factor that affects everyone in today's fast-paced world, leading to various health issues, including heart problems, inflammation, obesity, and mental illness. While most people focus on finding relief through meditation or trips to the spa, what if the root cause of stress is actually a deficiency in a key nutrient? Introducing Magnesium Breakthrough, the ultimate magnesium supplement that offers the full spectrum of all seven types of magnesium, specifically formulated to reach every tissue in your body for maximum health benefits. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could be causing a multitude of health problems. But what sets magnesium breakthrough apart is its ability to impact the release of stress hormones like cortisol and block the activity of more stimulating neurotransmitters, leading to a more peaceful and resting state. This means that this supplement acts like a break on your body's nervous system, helping to calm and soothe, promoting a better quality of life. Simply go to magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany to get 10% off magnesium breakthrough with the discount code biohackingbrittany. And for a limited time only, if you buy three bottles, you get an exciting gift with your purchase, which is blue light blocking glasses. This is a limited time offer for select orders, so don't wait. Go right now to magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany and use my discount code biohackingbrittany at checkout. This will be linked in the show notes and on my website as well. I love that, and I, I totally agree with that. I want to kind of shift, like, I think pregnancy, sex during pregnancy is obviously important, but something that we hear a lot is like, postpartum and post-pregnancy, post-birth, doctors typically tell women that six weeks after they can start having sex again. 
There's so much like a controversy around this. And I can understand why, because some women just feel like, who are you to tell me when I should be having sex? And like six weeks feels like nothing. And I'm, those are early days. We're not sleeping. Like my body's not ready. So like, how do you recommend couples kind of go through that post-birth stage when a doctor might say, oh yeah, you're ready to go when she might not feel like that? Well, I think there's a couple of things in there. The first is that you know your body better than anyone and you should listen to it. I wanted to say another thing about the ecstatic birth too before we moved on. And I'll I'll circle back and answer this question. But one of the women, I don't know, have you heard of the Free Birth Society? So one of the women in the Free Birth birth Society is for people who want to have at-home births without medical intervention unless, unless you have to. And I really respect the women of the Free Birth Society. I really respect the education that they give, how to navigate the hospital system if if you want the minimal intervention, et cetera. And I live here in Marin, California, and, and Marin General has the most incredible hospital, the most incredible maternity care. They have baths, warm baths in all the rooms so you can labor and have your child in the tub and I mean, they're just so progressive here. It's just incredible. But not everybody has that either. So there was a woman in the Free Birth Society that my girlfriend was talking to who said that she had nine children and she tried to have an ecstatic birth all nine times. And it was finally in the ninth one that she actually was able to be so relaxed and so comfortable with birthing that she had an ecstatic experience and then was like, yep, I'm so glad I kept trying all these times. And so when I talk about ecstatic birth, that might make people feel pressured too. Like, oh shit, now I have to have an ecstatic birth. (laughs) It's like, it's not enough that I'm carrying this thing for what's not nine months. It's technically 10 and that was bullshit too. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) everything seems like a big fat lie. And you know, it's just like everybody's agenda. So if there was some contraindication I mean, why the six weeks? I feel like a lot of that kind of advice is you've got to do your research and check what's right for you. Why is it six weeks? What's the reason? Because because everyone says it is? That's not a reason. That's not a justification for my logic. So I want to make my own decisions about what's right for me. And for a lot of women, that's way too soon. And for some women, that's too long. And you have to know what's right for you. But it, to me, it goes back to what's your sex like? If you don't want sex, it's probably because it's shitty. So how do you, you know what I mean? I love that. Let's call it like it is. This is what I do, right? Yeah. That's why you got me back on here. Because this is what I do. So I feel like it could be your opportunity to be like, dude, there's some new rules in town. Mommy's making some new rules. First thing is I get three pussy massages a week (laughs) and we see if that's working and we've got to rejuvenate my yoni and I need a lot of full body touch and I need a lot of comforting and I need a lot of breaks and I need, I'll let you know when I want you inside me from this day forth. And here's what I need to want that. And what I need to want that is a lot more adoration and appreciation, a lot more full body touch, a lot slower warm up, 
way more foreplay. And I want three yoni massages a week and I will lie down and allow you to learn how to do them to me and we will work together to get there. And if I feel like having intercourse after that, I'll let you know. And if I don't, I don't want any pressure. If you had that relationship with your partner and they're like, oh shit, I better do a good job with those yoni massages if I ever want to get inside there again. (laughs) Guys would step up to the plate and give us the engorgement and the touch that we needed to actually want them inside us. I like to get, I like to say for women, we need to have breast play, nipple play, kissing, full body touch, stroke my hair, kiss my eyelids, rub my belly, rub my feet, rub my yoni, do a good job, go down on me. And then if she wants you, she's going to suck you in there. You don't even have to push your way in because we've been pushed into so much that I want my body to want to pull you in. And when my body is ready, she will tell me it is time. And if you're rushing me, every time you rush me, every time I'm penetrated, every time it's like three little swipes on my clitoris and then your dick is inside me, that's just one more brick in the wall of our future sex life. Don't do it. You must resist. Like literally, Brittany, my husband won't even give me a quickie. If I'm like, maybe we should have a quickie, like the one time I bring it up, he's like, oh no, your Yoni's going to get a chip on her shoulder. She's going to get all, going to get her nose bent out of joint. I am not giving you a quickie. Let's get you a Yoni massage, little girl, and we'll see how it goes. And that's hot to me that because he stands for my arousal, we go on that timing because he's learned the first decade before we all, you know how I ended up being a sex bird. I don't remember if I told you, but I ended up being a sex bird because I had intercourse with my husband for 11 years straight and never had an orgasm. And I was like, I'm complete with sex. You may move on, you know? And he was like, well, this is not going to work. And so we literally started going to sex workshops to learn how to repair our sex life. And in the minute we started learning how to do it, we're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Oh, I love sex. This is good. How come we didn't do this before? We literally didn't know how to do it. And most people have very, very, very mediocre intercourse, very, very mediocre oral pleasuring, very little full body touch, very little verbal encouragement and adoration, very little sensual talk and pillow talk, very little feedback. People are basically just, this is what I always say. I always say, what I do is I transform friction into connection. It's not about rubbing your genitals together. It's about deepening your love and turn on for each other. That's what sex techniques get you. They get you loving sex. I make dates with my husband for sex, not because I'm some turn, like I'm some nympho, because he's done the work to get my body loving being with his. He knows how slow it is to get turned on. We call ourselves Team Sweetie. We have a hashtag. (laughs) Hashtag Team Sweetie. And it's basically us against my Yoni. Like, we got to team up because she's a recalcitrant little devil. And, you know, she just takes forever to get turned on. And I am not unique. That's your yoni too. It's how women's bodies work. And so I really like to stand for women's arousal and just giving us, nurturing us into what we need. Husbands that do that, their wives are going to be like, it's been five weeks. I feel good. Let's go. Give me a yoni rub. I want to make out with you. Play with my boobs. It's awesome. You know? (laughs) 
I love that. I love how encouraging that is. I think, I just think it's so important to explore and try new things and really just like take your time with it. And that's like everything that you said, whether regardless of where you are in your own health journey, pregnant, not pregnant, whatever it is, it's just about like the intimate part, like not necessarily just like straight penetration. Okay. It's over in five minutes. It's like, no, let's start with different massages throughout the week and intimacy and foreplay starts when you wake up in the morning and those types of things. I think I think it's just so important. So if you had any last ad- words of advice for women listening regarding sex span and sexual health in general, what would you say? Well, there's two things that I'm thinking about. One is kind of a like what to do and another is more of a health thing. Can I give you two instead of one? Okay. Good. <laughs> Thank you. The first one would be that no matter where you are in your sex life, I recommend, I just created this thing. I told you about this, the sex life bucket list. Yeah. Do you remember that? I think I sent it to you. So sex life bucket list is at sexlifebucketlist.com. It's free. I created it because what I realized is that although people love my sex techniques and my bedroom communication skills, they really are just like, Suze, just tell me what to do. <laughs> just tell me what to do. This is like my daughter. My, she's so cute. She's she's 25, 20, almost 26. And she she's like, mom, usually 99% of the time she knows what to do. She knows what she wants. And every once in a while, she's like, mom, just tell me what to do. <laughs> and so the sex life bucket list is just Suze, tell me what to do. And it is 48 erotic play dates that you can have. And a lot of them you can have if you don't have a partner, but all of them you can do if you have a partner. So it gets you out of the, what I call grab a boob and stick it in type of sex life, right? Everything we've been talking about, which goes against what women need and is really just based, it's just paced to the guy. And it gets you into doing new things in the bedroom together, whether it's learning any one of the 20 kinds of orgasms, like crossing the gasm chasm, having penetration orgasms from intercourse without even touching the tip of your clit putting his penis inside your vagina gives you orgasms. How do you do that? It's just a learnable skill. So that could be a really good play date to where you start to practice the things that it takes to cross that or to close that orgasm gap, the gap between how easy it is for him and how hard it is for you. So there's role play, there's lingerie fashion shoots, there's all these really fun ideas. Because what I've found is that most guys are like, hey, babe, do you want to have sex? And you're like, uh, no. Why would I want to have sex? Like I'm literally sitting here having a glass of Chardonnay and watching my show. You know, like you're not there. And so he's making you this giant offer and you aren't just not even there and he's ready to go. And that's what happened. And then he's like, she never wants to have sex, man. She's so frigid. Maybe she's a lesbian, you know, or whatever they're thinking, you know, because it couldn't be their fault. (laughs) And so this gets away from the grab and boob, grab a boob and stick it in. Hey, do you want to have sex? It teaches you how to have all kinds of fun and erotic adventures, erotic play dates together, and you increment your sexual skills together. It generates new relationship energy. It keeps your sex life getting better all the time instead of being stale and predictable and frankly, not that great. So if you currently don't love sex with your partner, the sex life bucket list is all for you. It's your very first erotic play date. It's basically a downloadable PDF with the 48 ideas. And I do a video where I 
kind of sexily walk you to through all, what all 48 things are and you mark them. And A is like it, love it, gotta have it. It's going on my bucket list. B is, you know, it's cool, but I wouldn't put it on my bucket list. But if my dude wants it, I'd do it with him. And C is, it's not for me right now. This isn't, this is just not my thing. And that is totally fine. And then you get your A's and you're like, okay, these are the things we're going to try and learn and do together. So we can move away from, do you want to have sex? No. (laughs) And then the other piece of it is the health thing. And that is that there are a lot of women who are having laxity, loss of lubrication, incontinence, loss of orgasmic potential. Their vagina doesn't feel like it just is not responsive. And there's a biohacking device that I like. It's a vagina device. It's at vaginadevice.com. And it's an FDA class two medical device. It's called the V-Fit. And it uses three modes. It has red light therapy, so photobiomodulation. It has warmth and it has vibration for Kegel toning. So it tightens and tones, it increases lubrication, and it also, for some women, they just don't like their smell. There's, they don't have bacterial vaginosis. It's just, they don't, it's just like not quite right. And women have emailed me and said, I got the vagina device. Thank you so much. And that smell went away. Why? And I talked to the company and they're like, it remodels the glycogen in the vaginal mucosal lining. So while it's increasing lubrication and bringing in engorgement and blood flow and tightening and toning and helping reverse incontinence, it's also kind of making the mucosal lining microbiome more more stable and more uh, the way it should be kind of back to the original. And so the vagina device is something that I use a lot in the morning. I'll get up and I'll put it inside me. It's a 10-minute program and scroll Instagram and have my latte. And when I know that I'm having a date with my husband because it draws a bunch of blood into the vagina, and that really helps increase your ability to have orgasms from intercourse because you're engorging and getting blood flow to the tissue. So it's not a sex toy. It's a vaginal rejuvenation or restoration device, vagina device. And I really like that. But if that's not enough and you're like, I'm too far gone, that ain't even going to touch my problems. I got, I'm dry as a bone. I haven't had an orgasm since the cows went home, you know, whatever it is. Then I recommend the next step up, which is Femi Wave, which is new from Gaines Wave, the company that does the penile acoustic wave treatments. Now they're doing the vulval acoustic wave treatments. And Femi Wave is fantastic. I had terrible incontinence. I'm still reversing it with Femi Wave. It's gotten so much better. And I've literally have not been, I was never as lubricated as I am right now. I'm not even using lube right now unless we go for a while. I mean, how wet I am at 61 is just unbelievable. I love Femi Wave. So that's new. And then of course, I've had a lot of O shots as well, the orgasm shots, the PRP into the clitoral structure and the and the urethral structure, which are also very good. They reverse the atrophy, the shrinkage that you get. Right. That's awesome. I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. 
for everybody listening. I just think those are such good resources and biohacks for women, depending on where they are in their life and kind of like the symptoms and situation that they're dealing with. So thank you so much for talking about those because I, I think it is important to educate women that there are actual solutions. You don't have to just kind of like settle for dryness or mediocre sex. So I, I really do appreciate that. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. This was awesome. I learned, I just learned so much from you every single time. And I can't wait to have you on again in next year or in the future. So where can everyone find you if they'd like to connect with you? Sure. You, by the way, I love being on with you too, sweetie pie. You're just such a doll. I'm just so proud of everything you've done with your businesses and your brands. And just, you have so many great fans and thank you for bringing me on to talk about this. You are an intrepid biohacker. I love it. You're such a beauty. And it's really cool that you're moving toward the fertility piece and all that. And how cool that I just did an ecstatic birth experience. I know. Like, perfect. So you can find me on Instagram at Susan Bratton. You can find all my videos, including how to do a yoni massage. I've got many videos about that. Passionate love making step by step, etc. at betterlover.com. And my main website is personallifemedia.com. It's indexed with thousands of articles I've written on everything sex-related you could possibly imagine for two decades. So I'll meet you where you are. And um, I think that's it. Those are good places for me, hon. Thank you. That's awesome. That's so many more resources. Thank you so much. And thanks again. This was really great. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.